this is very, very innovative and creative of you. So thank you so much. And to everyone who's joining us tonight, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's always, you, no one loses by learning new yeah. things or relearning old things. So thank you for yeah. taking the time out. I, I hope we'll have a great time together. So, so Moses, um, yes. for many people now sitting out there, you know we are now in a monetary economy. Most yeah. of them are really, really, you know, they're anxious. They have fears. They have concerns. They're wondering how can they, whatever they have, little or a lot, whatever it is, this thing of money, you seem to have some principles that have mastered it, that, have reass that can reassure people listening. What are those yeah. principles, those enduring principles that you have learned and passed on to other people, those time-tested principles relating to money that you really at the outset want to pass on. And you can tell them, tell people, tell our people and say, look, if you only master these, even if you learn nothing else, you will be fine. That's the reassurance we're looking for. Can mm. you take us through it, uh, Moses? First of all, it would be good to give a bit of a background because sometimes when you're giving people information, they think that you have always had it. Uh, I, mm. I studied architecture. Uh, that's that's what I, I studied at Makere. Architecture <laughs> school. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm, a, I'm an architect. I design then, buildings. Then what happened? You're not designing. <laughs> you're, not design, you're not building lives. <laughs> yes. Things keep changing. But, yeah, I know, man. So mm -hmm. I, I, I got into the work marketplace and worked for nine years. Mm -hmm. And then after nine years of work, I attended a talk by Patrick Vitature. Mm. And that day, he just stood there and spoke for about an hour. It hit me. I knew nothing about how money mm. works. Right. Because I had nothing to show for my nine years of work. Like, I mean, absolutely nothing. I had a wife <laughs> and, and two mm -hmm. kids at the time, which is responsibilities. <laughs> And that was mm -hmm. all. No assets, no piece of land, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you, you just had a cost center. <laughs> <Call it Marie>. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, I had a cost center called Marie. So <laughs> I, I start looking around among my friends and mm -hmm. realized I was not a unique uh, situation. Like 90% mm. of everyone else, that was the mm. story. Many years of work, nothing. The money mm. comes and goes. You know how to make the money and you know how to spend the money. Yes. So it was a rude awakening. That's when I started reading about finances, reading all these books by different authors about finances. Secrets mm. of a Millionaire Mind, the Rich Dad series, Trump's books. I mean, anyone who had written about money and the books were available. So that's mm. when I started realizing that mm. after 18 years of study, if you don't count the ones I repeated, uh, <laughs> if you just <laughs> that, <laughs> let me uh, that, that, yes. makes, that makes the two of us in Uchiga, we call it Okudabura. <laughs> Okudabura. So after, after 18 years of study, there was they didn't teach us a single lesson, even of 30 minutes, on how to manage money. And now this was the, the result. The result was 
we didn't know how to handle money. We had studied all the other things, history of West Africa, Mansa, Mustanda, Home, Ghana, geography, if you remember Saskatchewan, you know, those were <laughs> topics that terrorized us, Can- Canadian prairies, Swiss Alps, but n- not a single lesson on saving and investment. Yes. So I realized it was uh, like a, a, a problem. So as I started reading and sharing with my friends, at uh, that time, I was uh, I was leading the church. So then I had sort of a greater opportunity to share with more people. And as we shared, 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 and spoke to people, told people in the church, and things started changing, that's how we ended up writing the book, Straightforward Financial Growth. So you said about the five principles, really. Uh, the, the first principle is acquiring financial mm-hmm. knowledge. That's the first one because everything starts in your head. What? Yes. Okay, so go what ahead. do you mean by acquiring financial knowledge? Do I go and become an accountant? <laughs> do I become, learn how to become a cashier? What, what does that actually mean? Uh, it, basically, no. You start reading. Yeah. Moses. You start, yes. What does acquiring financial knowledge, that first principle, what is it for? Yeah, we can hear, I can hear you. Yes. So what is in that is start reading about money from people who have practiced the principles and they seem to have succeeded. People who are writing. Money is one of the most written about topics, uh, I think, next to love. But <laughs> there are lots of people who have written about money. <laughs> So, love, love, they just sing about it. Yeah, the love, sing. Yeah, people don't have enough time to read the whole book. So, three minutes and you know the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, that's what it means. It's actually read. Read or listen to people who Mm. seem to know how this money thing works. And get into their environments, get some relationships because they say you are the average of the five closest people to you. Mm. So if you hang out with people who are moving in the other direction, that's the direction you go. So basically, that's that. That's the first principle: get mm-hmm. knowledge on finances. This is different from academic knowledge. I like yeah. joking when we are doing straightforward financial growth seminars that the guys who mm. used to sit at the back of the class. Mm. I said, where you sat in class doesn't determine where you sit on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) I used to sit at the back of the class. Ah, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So we we, we always thought that, uh, we always thought that, you know, if you sit at the front and you're an A student, you're going to succeed financially. No, it doesn't work like that. If you sit at the front and you're an A student, you'll be employed by the people who succeed financially because the two volumes mm-hmm. of knowledge are completely different from each other financial knowledge yes. versus academic knowledge yeah yeah Good. so that's one the second principle is you you work hard and smart mm-hmm. i think that one we shouldn't belabor it cool. uh, how do you, how do you know you're working hard and smart mm. you're working longer hours you're getting up before anyone else and you're putting in the, the work. You know, you, you feel that drain. Uh, some people think that they can just somehow 
uh, be around and 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 uh, operate on deals, uh, deal here, deal there. Okay, deals are good, but if you don't know how to work hard and smart, still you won't be able to do it. So that's good. the second principle. The third principle is to manage your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in Uganda, this is like another, it's a financial pandemic. <laughs> because <laughs> Which virus is that? <laughs> yeah, this one is bad. And this uh-huh. is where I was. You know, nine years of working as an architect, architects are expected to make some money. And yeah. I had nothing. So what I've found is that this is actually a serious problem in Uganda. People okay, make money. Can... No, yes. hold on. Hold... Hold on a moment, uh, Moses. Just yes. kindly break down and describe for us the nature of this problem. How does it manifest itself, this poor management of money or lack of management of money? So let, let me give you uh, an illustration. Mm. Uh, we, we, if you, I'm sure you studied history and you remember the transatlantic slave trade. Yes. So in the days of slavery, mm. uh, the slave owner was responsible for the slave's food, mm-hmm. clothing, mm. housing, mm. Uh, medical care, mm. entertainment, lest the slave runs away, mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a couple of other things. Okay? Yeah. And then we'll say, okay, this is 2021. We are not in the days of slavery. I'm sorry. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. Uh, so let's say you get a, a job. Uh, for purposes of mathematics, I'm going to mm. make it easy that you earn 1 million shillings. Yeah. Okay. So you mm. earn 1 million shillings. Uh, you, mm. Your friends ask you uh, after the pandemic, you know, now you can't go to the rugby club, but if you go to the rugby club and your friends say, <laughs> What's mm. up? What's up? Uh, you seem to mm. be doing well. Yeah, things are good. I got a job. Mm. 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 And then they ask, how much do you make? And you're like, mm. I make one million. Mm. Okay. So that's mm. your income. Now, you, mm. you, go, to, you go to church. Eh? I love me mm. bringing church at this point. You go to church and the preacher preaches and they talk about tithe. So, mm. so you, live, you live 100k at church. Mm-hmm. You have nine. You have nine hundred left. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, then you have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say your rent is about three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say I am the one who is employed. I work at uh, Rijeo Farm or Kavishenga mm-hmm. Incorporated. Mm-hmm. So, I come. You give me my <laughs> the money, mm-hmm. but then I go and pay uh, the landlord. Let's say Comrade Otoa is the landlord. Yes. Okay. Mm. I transfer 300,000. Now, there are many of us who work for you. So yes. you don't have time to go around negotiating our rental contracts with all our yes. landlords. Yes. So you give us one package and say, my friend, make this thing mm. work. Work. Mm. So now, here's what happens. So, really, so who just paid? Who paid? If I parent, who paid the money? It is you. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's not true. It is you. Okay. Yeah. The yes, employer, mm. you have just paid the money. And who yes. just got paid? Comrade Otoa. Yes. He got he just got paid three hundred thousand. Now, yeah. who thinks they got paid? It is you who thinks yeah. you got paid. 
I think I got paid just because mm. the money was transferred through my account to the landlord. To the landlord. So you the are money is your, your, your account is a transactions account. It's not a yes. holding account. You're a courier. Huh? I'm a courier. <laughs> so Kamshenga needs to pay your mobile money. Kamshenga needs to pay the landlord because the landlord needs to house me in order for me to come and work. Otherwise, I would have to go back to the village where there is free what? Free rent. Free housing. Accommodation. Uh-huh. So now I have 600,000 left. Now transport. Yes. To uh-huh. and from work. Mm. Let's say that was another maybe 200,000. Okay, Let's okay, do 150 midway. So yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the employer paying the transporter, the guys of border, border, safe border, uh-huh. bus, whatever. Now, uh-huh. I, I think I'm being paid. Now we have at this point 450 left. Then throw in utilities yes. of every kind water, yes. power, gas, mm. Uh, mm. etc. It's one, about 100. One another 100, okay. Fine, 100. Yeah. yeah. We have 350 left. Now, yes. food. You have to uh-huh. eat. Uh-huh. So, apart from that, lunch they give you at work if they give it to uh-huh. you. Let's uh-huh. say you're spending, uh, uh, you're spending another 150,000. On, on eating, subsistence. On eating, yes. And you and at this stage, you must avoid things like going to certain places where one meal is 75,000 because that's half of your monthly budget for food. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're something called chikumi chikumi. That's why chikumi chikumi. So now you have 200,000 left. Okay. That by the time you've done you, you do shopping for clothing and other things you use in the house, soap, etc. There, there is another there, there is another claimant who asks for transport before she comes for the weekend. That one. Hey. What's up? Ah. Hey. We haven't even reached that one yet. By the time you're done with those, you have 50k left. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then if you bring in the claimant and airtime, and this is Kampala until the lockdown came, <laughs> yeah. Kampala is the entertainment capital of East Africa. There is yes. this concert, there is that thing, there is the other. Yes. Before you know it, the, I know yeah. you, 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 you employed many people for many years at, at, at Vision yes. Group. Have you heard yeah. of something called Advance? Aha, uh-huh. now we have entered the date. I agree with you. Hey, are you... <laughs> I used to say it every Friday. <laughs> uh-huh. now, now you're in advance. But what did now, you tell let, people? You told people you make one million. But do you hmm. really make one million? Now, here is another one I learned. Because mm-hmm. bankers used to come to me and complain. The man goes <clears throat> and gets a personal loan from the bank. Uh-huh. And he says the date of deduction is the 30th. But for mm. me, I pay him on the 26th, the money hits his account on the 28th. On the 29th, the man goes with ATM card and he cleans out everything. By the time the bank is trying to win... <laughs> By the time the bank and is trying to, to get their deduction, it's finished. Quisha, nothing left. So again, yeah. now interest, default and so on. So I'm beginning to get your drift now. Sorry, go on, Moses. 
Yeah. So so now you you and negative three hundred thousand. Wow. That's that's your yeah. Negative three hundred k. That's your actual income is negative three hundred thousand. Wow. And so we said that the only money that is really yours, yes, is that which you save to invest. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that principle is from the richest man in Babylon. The only money that is really yours is that which you keep to invest. Because what you've been doing, you've been transferring money from your employer to everyone mm. else, and somehow you think that you are making money, which is not yeah. true. true. So there's something we talk about, we call it the chui principle. You know, like the if what? you put a chui, it's not a real word, eh? but if, okay. if you, you get the picture, if you put a pan on fire, Hey. And and wow. you hit that and you pit and you hit it, yeah. Hey. And then you pour some some little water in the pan. What hey. happens? Hey. It goes. Twice. You just see a with a lot of vapor. Now uh-huh. that's how some people's personal economies are. <laughs> <laughs> By the time the money arrives, the hey. the pan is hot. <laughs> and, and like we like we like to say, all you see is vapor. It's gone. <laughs> you know, Bukisa. Yes. I, I must confess that's how I used to be. <laughs> ah, I'm saying, are you serious? <laughs> they would, you would, if you if you found me in the club still on a Friday, I was like uh-huh. that. Hmm? Then by Monday, hmm, the the sauce pad is so hot, the, the, the water doesn't even have time for chua. <laughs> It's, it started vaporizing before. Yeah. One yeah. guy said that money talks. It mm-hmm. always says bye to me. <laughs> and, 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 and then his friend said, for you, at least it talks you, to you. For me, it waves from a distance. Before it reaches, it has already been diverted. You know, uh, car loan, what, all the things that, you know... We, so, so, yeah. so you find someone working for 40 years and they have nothing to show for it. And That's the only thing that they have, if they are lucky, is NSSF, which was withheld by force. Mm. Because everyone, first mm. of all, is complaining. Ah, my money, NSSF, what? Forging papers to go and get it. And yet it's the only real like wealth mm. they have, which was taken mm. without their consent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the money management conundrum we are in. Okay, number four. Number four is mm. make make wise investments. Okay. Yeah. So if the money just sits on the account, it's losing value. If assuming you're saving it, mm. so now you have to invest it, and you have to make sure your investments are having a certain return on investment percentage per annum to rise above the inflationary rate and build your wealth. I so, so let me out. see, Mo, Mo, yes. Moses, let me see, first of all, if I understand that principle. You are saying mm. that you must put your money in activities mm. that will earn a certain percentage of that money in return. It should be either yes. 10%, whatever it is. And that what yes. you're saying is that in order for it to keep value, that return should be higher than the rate of inflation because inflation eats away at the value of the money as it is. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Okay. Go so m- m- many people understand the idea, but then they get stuck when it comes to how to execute it. 
Uh, yeah. It seems like in Kampala, every time you talk about investment, the only thing people think about is uh, real estate. Land. Buy land, build, build, build apartments. Uh -huh. Yeah. In the, even in a swamp. So we are, we seem stuck there, like that's the only idea. So, uh, mm. so what, what I did, what I've done, so first of yes. all, I advise that uh, of all your income, you should not be investing less than 20%. If you invest sub 20%, you will not manage your latter years in life. Well, it will be, you'll have a much harder uh, life in as a senior citizen. What do you mean? So, Oh, you really want me to tell you? This is cool. You talk. This is very... Okay. You so... talk. What are you fearing? First of all, you're in your house. <laughs> you are in your fault. There's nothing that's going to... You talk. You tell... So... You know, you, Mukisa, you tell these Ugandans. Let them learn, please. So it's 20%. Now, I'm going to use a story in the Bible. Yeah. Pharaoh had a dream. Yes. The Pharaoh of Egypt. Mm. Seven thin cows ate seven fat cows. Mm. And what was amazing is that they remained thin. Mm -hmm. uh, seven thin stalks of wheat swallowed mm -hmm. seven fat ones, and they remained thin. So mm -hmm. he told all his uh, astrologers, mag mag magicians, they couldn't get it. And they brought some Hebrew boy called Joseph. Mm. So Joseph tells Pharaoh, these things mean one thing. There's mm. going to be seven years of plenty. Mm -hmm. And after seven years of plenty, there's going to be seven years of scarcity. Mm. And he didn't end there. He told him what he should do. He told mm. him that he should get a wise person mm. who should gather 20% of all the grain in Egypt. Mm. During the seven years of plenty. 20%. Mm. Because he said mm. fifth. In the story, mm. it says a fifth. Mm. So twenty percent of all the grain, and that twenty percent is will sustain the the country in the seven years of what, of scarcity. Oh, mm. Now, Pharaoh was like, "No, we can't get a, any wiser one than you. You are the one who has the solution. So do it." So he starts okay. doing it. Now, when Joseph was buying this twenty percent, from mm. you know when there is plenty. Mm. Uh, Thing the basement prices, I imagine. No yeah. one was asking, what, Why is Pharaoh buying all the grain? What's going to happen? Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. people were happy to give it away at almost free, yes. And that's until the what until the, the seven years ended, then the famine started. Mm. And in those seven years of famine, mm. Pharaoh took over everything because. Yes. They, they ran out of money, the money they had sold the, the grain to Joseph with. Then they said, mm -hmm. ah, we are out of money. What do we do? So he said, bring your, your cows. Mm -hmm. So they gave Pharaoh all the cows. Now that's movable assets. Money is liquid assets. Cows mm -hmm. is movable assets. So Pharaoh owned all the animals. Still, they ran out. Then they said, now, what are we going to do? We are out of They said, no, bring the land. So they sold the land to Pharaoh. They gave them, those are fixed assets. Yes. And then they still ran out of money. Then they went, you know, we're out of, even the land is gone. Now we will serve, you will be your slaves. Mm -hmm. We are bringing our hands. So it, I call that reverse economics. Like 
as you grow older, you shouldn't be moving back to your starting job where you're, you're eight years old and you have to report to your 25-year-old supervisor explaining why you're late. Ah, that one is tough. Yeah, that's what happened to the Egyptians. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The thing I, I, I like to point out that uh, as, let's use this information figuratively. And, and let's say Kamshenga is going to defy all the odds and live for 100 years, okay? Yeah, that, so, is, that I can do. Yes, I think so. So let's say the mm-hmm. first 20 years are years of general education. Okay. Yes. So we are left with 80 years. <clears throat> now let's divide the 80 years into two halves. Yes. So you have the first 40 years, that's between 20 and 60. Mm. And then the last 40 years between 60 and 100. Right. Yes. What you do with your money between 20 and 60, mm. your capacity to save and invest will determine what happens between 60 and 100. Yes. And I've done a little bit of social research mm-hmm. and I've found that mm. a lot of people who have been in the formal sector mm. because they have not prepared for post-employment life yes. usually die between 2 to 10 years after employment. No, no one no, stretches. No, no. No, 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 no. Moses. Yes. Tops. Tops. Five years. Mm-hmm. Five years. If they, have, if they have pushed, five. Okay. Now, I was being lenient because I didn't want to scare people on the call. But no, five actually is more yeah. accurate. And yeah. you know why people die? It's not because suddenly their bodies are violated and they want to die. No. Mm. They <laughs> are out of resources. Because in the vampires, they were spending all the money on everything out there. And now they have mm-hmm. given you that letter saying you have worked long enough. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. It, it, for many people, the only thing they have is their NSSF money. Now, do you know the number of the, what percentage of NSSF savers lose all their money within two years or less? Tell me. 98%. Wow. 98%. Wow. They yeah. are broke within two years of getting yeah. their NSF money. Yeah, because they were not practiced in the art of investments. You've just been living paycheck to paycheck, then suddenly they give you 800 million or 300 million, whatever, and you're supposed to figure it out. So the first thing they do is build a house in the village. I mean, what does a house in the village have to do with the rest of your life? And if that village is like my village in Nyakabungo, hmm? uh-huh. there, is, there is even no tarmac road going there. You will never get so, a tenant, but you have a double-storied house with the... Eh? So you move to Nyakabungo, but all your mm-hmm. friends that you used to hang out with are either in Kampala or they have also gone to their villages. Now, yes. that, the real tough thing is that all your social contacts are gone. You can no longer right. go back to work and say, hey, hi, guys, I'm, I'm here hanging out. No, your social ah. contacts are gone. You don't have the money. Now you're depending on your children to sustain you. That's what stresses old people. And all that oh. stress brings all oh. these other diseases to take advantage of their re- severely reduced immunity. 
and then they there, just it, die. There's a, there's a new word for it. It's called underlying conditions, co- ah. com- comorbidities. So the pandemic you are talking about finds you when you are, have underlying conditions. Exactly. So that, wow. that's, that's the real problem right there. That's why I tell people, not less than 20%. Not less than twenty percent should be but, put but, away but, and invested. But, yes, but 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 Moses, you're talking about twenty percent for let's say mm. someone who is between the age of twenty and thirty. If anybody is anywhere heading to the forties and just starting, it's going to be yeah. at least forty percent because you've already oh, yeah. lost the first. Yeah, yeah. If you've already lost the first <clears> ten years, you can't be doing twenty percent. <laughs> it's yeah. your catch up time. It's catch up time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I tell people that when you're investing, I've, I've developed mm-hmm. what I call an investment scale. Okay. To say there are three kinds of investments. Mm-hmm. There is uh, the low risk, low return investments. Mm-hmm. Then there is medium risk, medium return, and high risk, high return. Yeah. So low risk, low return is going to be real estate in the Ugandan sense. That's really real estate. Yeah. Okay. And then medium risk, medium return may mainly include financial instruments, you know, uh, treasury bills, mm. mutual funds like unit trust funds, bonds, and all of that. Mm. And then mm. high risk, high return mm. is business, business equity. So yeah. I, I, I like to tell people that if you are not yet a water worker on investments, like you don't work on water, you work on land like the rest of us, Start by making sure that mm. at least <laughs> 50 to 60% of your investments should be low risk, mm. low return. And then I say 30 to 35% mm. should be mm. medium risk, medium return. And mm. only 10 to 15% mm. should be high risk, high return. Let me tell you a story. There was something called forex trading. You're a news you're a news person, so you know. You will not say anything. That is high risk, no. high return. Mm-hmm. Uh, over over high risk, no return. Mm-hmm. Now what, what people did, they went and disposed of you know, we also dived into that thing. But we had enough mm-hmm. sense somehow to not put, to have limits to say I don't really understand how this thing works. I shouldn't be diving mm-hmm. in full swing. Now some people they they liquidated mm. their just, real just estate, in, just testing the depth of the of the river with both feet. Ah, exactly. And mm. things went south. <laughs> I keep saying. <laughs> I keep saying. <laughs> If you only had 10% there and it goes because you are trying to increase your return on investment, you still have 90% mm. of your assets to recover. Mm. So that's how I generally but, advise but, but, people. But, but, but Moses, yes, go ahead. Yes. So how do you distinguish between what you're calling high-risk investment and sheer gambling on good luck, you know, and going into betting and generally things which are unscientific, you know, just how, where do you draw the line? 
no, you are, no, don't laugh. This are, because I have seen people. The man mm. goes and he gets 20 million shillings and puts it on, and he says, England is going to win. Ooh. Is that high, uh-huh. high return? Or, or that's, that's, that's I, not I, an I, investment. I'm just, I, I'm, <laughs> fella. I'm just asking like a fella. You, you yes. tell me. What? <laughs> well, mm-hmm. let, let's start with the basics. That's not an investment. So you know it's an investment <laughs> when... <laughs> you know it's an investment when you know how mm. that value is made up. Okay. You're telling me I give you $3,000, it will become 3500 after six mm. months. Tell me how will it become? If you mm. cannot explain to me how that value is gained, then it's mm. a gamble. So oh. there has to be a logical explanation of where has that value come from. Mm. Now, yeah. let me also add, Moses, here now mm. from a, a bit of experience now at my age, if mm. the answer to that question, the person talks many things in a lot of English and you're having uh-huh. trouble understanding. <laughs> <laughs> like, like collateralized debt obligations. <laughs> or credit default swaps. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Uh-huh. If a person is speaking in a language very quickly. First of all, you speak at a high speed using words you don't understand. Uh, then the, the, the truth is you don't understand. That's my experience. So don't go anywhere near those things. Exactly. Okay. Don't get near that stuff. You have to <coughs> understand how it works. And the problem, the mistake most people make with their money is that they think uh, that someone else has to think through the thing for them. So when I'm coaching people, I tell them, I am your coach, but I'm not going to do that for you. You have to think through it for yourself because you've spent, it's your own sweat and blood that you've spent to make this money. You should be responsible enough to know how it works. Don't delegate that to someone else. Moses, let me throw in another one also because I also have some experiences to share. But Mm. this one, I I am telling particularly the women. Hmm? Mm. If it is if you are involved emotionally with somebody, <laughs> let me finish, Moses. Let me, let me finish mentally. Don't laugh. I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. If you are emotionally involved with somebody, please, and the person starts talking about taking you into investments and the money that's being invested is yours as the woman. Uh-huh. And the, the only reason you are accepting this investment is because of feelings of love. I can uh-huh. assure you, you are cooked and finished for the rest of your life. Am I wrong there, Moses? You are 100% correct. I keep telling people that the word money Mm. and the word emotion should never be found in the same sentence or on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) Even even in investment clubs, these things of we have invested, we are friends, what? No, 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 Mm. no, no. Mm. Everything in writing without mm-hmm. emotion. Yeah. Yes. So emotion and money don't mix. When they mix, very bad things happen. <laughs> Today is the day that the Lord has chosen. Not so. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I believe you're a prophet. Yes, I'll take it <laughs> that way. <laughs> so I have even forgotten Moses. Had we finished point number five? Okay, point number five is live generously. Yeah. What does that live generously? What does that mean? There are many principles of generosity. Uh, I will approach this from a Christian perspective, even though not necessarily everyone is uh, that. Mm. But uh, mm. one, mm. so generosity has to be a thing you practice, not again out of emotion. Because even as mm-hmm. a church go and a church person, I know that even church people fall prey to church uh, uh, tricks mm. because mm. of emotion. So mm. you live by principle. So for me, mm. what that means is that I give 10% to the church of my income. Mm. We call it tithing church. Mm. And then I, pre- I practice the principle of generosity with other people. Mm. You have a percentage that you give to other causes because there are things going on the whole time. Uh, you had that. Uh, I've already been summoned about so I call it Mwiri and my uh, hey. account account being in the negative at the moment. Hey. So, to, hey. so that's how we, we, you know, basically to share things with people matter with the neighborhood. I teach people a lot about the principle of honoring your father and mother. It's in the Bible. Yeah. And I found that actually honoring your father and mother involves sharing your resources with them. If you're mm. lucky enough to have parents and mm. then their old years, they shouldn't be struggling to barely make it while you are having fun in Kampala, you, you mm. must regularly check on them mm. and take care of their essential mm. needs. We, because as they, they, as they, they as should they, never have to ask. As they say, I think this is probably somewhere in the Quran, that they are God's representatives on earth, ah. your, your parents. Mm. So, so they should I never want... have to ask. Yes, go ahead. So I want to put this to you, Moses, I mean, talk to me or talk to our guys about making money ethically. A lot of people feel that if you try, you just do make money the right way. And people think in this town that the only way you're going to be rich is if you do a quick deal or if you do, I don't know what, I, I don't know how to describe it, that then, then you, you make it big. That, that's it. So what, what would you say about, you know, those kinds of, of you know quick sharp deals i don't know this and that just talk to us is that how because a lot of young mm. people i've listened to young people they say now me i'm going to become a procurement manager and then after that i start making money mm. have you met those kinds of situations yes i have mm-hmm. and uh, i think first of all that's a very poor approach to life uh, because <laughs> uh, yeah, because when you've defrauded people, I mean, we 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 all read news and newspapers. You know, this amount of money was given for this cause. It can't be found. This can't be found. I mean, we can't build a nation like that to start with. Because uh, you have to ask yourself, you know, like people who create extra lanes in traffic. Yes. You have to ask yourself, what would happen if everyone started doing that? Yes. Because if everyone started doing that, even your seeming advantage is gone. Mm. Yeah. You no longer have any advantage left if everyone does that. So if you mm. are going to do that, ask yourself, 
what would happen if everyone starts doing that? That's how you end mm. up with no nation. That's true. So there is a very clear way of making money. Mm. You mm. solve problems. Right. Money is a reward for solving problems. The day I learned that principle, Moses, I got Moses. delivered. Yes. Mo- Moses, can you repeat that slowly and clearly, please? Mm-hmm. Money uh-huh. is a reward uh-huh. for solving problems. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Money when is a reward solve, for solving problems. When, when you solve somebody's problem, yeah. then you will be rewarded with the money. Exactly. So that so, is the sustainable way. That is the sustainable way and very good way. In fact, I read in a, a book by Daniel Lapin that every banknote is a certificate of performance. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Every banknote, you know, when you sell Rigeo coffee, yes. and then you get some banknotes from whoever is buying, so those are certificates. Things. You're being awarded. For solving somebody's problem, somebody who wants to get a kick. Of caffeine. Wants to get a kick, a caffeine kick from the coffee. Aha. Okay. Yes. It, so that's how economies around the world run or are supposed to run. So money is a reward for solving problems. Someone said that entrepreneurs are people who solve problems for a profit. Wow. Uh-huh. And entrepreneurs <clears throat> are people who solve problems for a profit. All right. And the, the difference between wealthy people and poor people is that wealthy people know how to convert their time mm-hmm. into tangible resources or tangible products and services. Yes. So it's a matter of conversion. Time we all have. Mm-hmm. We all have 24 high. hours. Yeah, we all have 24 hours. Everyone, that one God gave all of us equally, 24 hours. Yeah, there is no inequality at all. So then it's a case of <clears throat> how, how much of each of your hours are you able to convert mm-hmm. into cash, ethically, legally, mm-hmm. and morally. So once we get that, then we have conquered half the mountain. Because for most people, <clears throat> they were told, go to school, get a good job mm-hmm. with benefits, and you'll make it. So their whole approach to money is an employer who pays mm. you some money every month for showing up. Let's let's not even talk about performance yet. For showing up at eight in the morning and leaving and at leaving five. At, at five. So that doesn't work in real life <laughs> because that that world is gone. Look, yeah. we are here now. We, there is nowhere to go at 8 and come back at 5. You are stuck at home, midnight to midnight. Mm. The point mm. is, wherever, to think, what problem can I solve now for what person? Once you start solving problems, money so, starts so, coming to you. Yeah. So let me now stop you there a bit, Moses, and just go back to what you have just said, just for emphasis and for people to learn, that if there is any lesson you take away from our conversation this evening is that use the next whatever remaining days of lockdown to think what problem exists in the world that I can solve today and convert into money. Is that your message to us? 
Yes. And even when you are mm. employed, even when yes. you are employed, yes. here is what can change your working life. When you look at your employer as a mm -hmm. client and not an employer. How do you distinguish the two? No, no. Just think if, if you work for Jail Farmers, an accountant, mm -hmm. instead of thinking that Kabshenga is my boss, think Kabshenga is my customer. Uh -huh. And then start doing what business people do for customers to retain okay. them and to get those customers to even give them more business. That is profound. Yeah, that's absolutely profound. I know there is one person on the group who is listening. Uh, Hilary Bamulinde, I have sent you an invite. Can you please accept it? I have sent you an invite to speak, so please accept it uh, quickly while I'm still conversing with the, uh, Moses. So Moses, let's go back. Do you want to talk a bit more about how people can improve their mm. management? The other problems which we described, what can people do to improve their management of money? Yeah. Excuse me. So one of the first things you do <clears throat> yes. to improve your management of money yes. is use percentages. That helped me a lot mm -hmm. to say 20% of my income is going to be in saved and invested when I just started. Okay. okay. Because that takes the emotion out of it. So they mm -hmm. pay you 1 million, 200,000 Two goes to a separate account which preferably has another signatory who you can't mm. easily manipulate. Madam. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you start sending, so you do that. The other, so percentages are very helpful. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki said that determine where the money will go before it arrives. Because mm. once the money arrives, you somehow lose your capacity to think clearly for whatever reason, which I don't know. Yes. The second thing you can do is get into get with people or groups of people to uh, invest together. So in this is investment clubs and circles. Yes. Because these spaces have rules. Mm. You must save this much every month. You must. So they constrain you, and you can't go back and say, "I want my money." No. Mm -hmm. So get into groups where you be held accountable, but you also hold them accountable. Yeah. So if you are a member of any investment club or circle, you should be the noisiest person there. <laughs> you uh, the uh, person with the most true gazy gazy. Uh -huh, asking questions the whole time. What is our return on investment this year? What is mm -hmm. our expected what? How much money do we have? Where has it been invested? They call for a meeting, you are there, you are the one. Always putting your hand up. That's how you protect your money. If you're, That means whoever is leading the investment club, the committee, if they ever think maybe this is a good investment or they are going to think, ah, but Mukisa asks many questions. Mm. Let's consult. Let's make sure we don't make a wrong investment. Mm. We don't get want to get into issues. So yeah. I think that just those two steps, and, and yeah. please have a separate account for your money for investments. For don't mix up the tomato money and the money for future. So those mm -hmm. should be separate. Yeah. And someone once told me that even that money 
the one you are talking about. Mm. Once you have separated it, give it give it to Madame and move on. So if at the end of that exercise <laughs> you have nothing, it is okay because you would have saved, <clears throat> you would have invested, and you would have sorted uh-huh. out in the kitchen. Now, if you have nothing left, it is okay. So, so Moses, I want to. I, normally, this is the time at which I bring in my sidekick, Comrade Otoa, but I just want to sort of deviate a bit yes. and bring in Hilary Bamulinde, who has mentored us before. But I yeah. really want to listen to the two of you talk to each other now. I, I want to hear how your combined wisdom, <laughs> the two of you. Hilary, what? Hello, you Robert. You have been listening. You talked. The two of you talked to each other. I'm not going to ask you a question. Now you advise us. You talk like people who have you have made money. You understand these things. The rest of us don't know. Now you talk to us. I'm not going to say anything. Until I stop you, you talk now, the two of you. talk to each other. You, you have put me in very big shoes. <laughs> But, yes, but, but Bamulinde, you, your shoes are now okay. You don't borrow Mukisa's shoes. You have yours. Let Mukisa also have your shoes. Now you go. <laughs> Glad to hear you, Hillary. I've been reading a lot of your 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 articles and and forwarding them to all my people. And I think you are you are a very brilliant mind on this topic. So thanks for sharing thank, this evening. Thank you, Moses. Thank you, Moses. Yes, I uh, I try. I try a little bit. Um, I, uh, Moses, I. I one of the things I would, uh, would I would I would I would love you to uh, address or touch on is the perception among many young people that um, uh, it, it, there's no point saving in your twenties. Uh, uh, most people think you should um, start saving, or maybe in your late thirties or forties for your retirement. And I've written a number of uh, posts on, 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 on Twitter and, uh, and other pro- platforms telling people that uh, ideally you start saving uh, or investing for your retirement while still in your 20s. And um, it's something that, of course, some people um, uh, t- take lightly. But uh, f- um, from my experience, I always tell people, you you. Uh, if you get your retirement money, it is money you should never, uh, n- never in uh, a business you have never done. Um, yeah, you, you you don't retire at fifty-five, and all of a sudden you're getting um, NSF money and starting a poultry farm. Um, yeah, and I've seen from, from live examples of, 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 uh, parents of my friends uh, losing all that money within one year. Uh, and I remember telling one, I would rather put my money in a savings account, eat it slowly until I die, uh, than starting something <laughs> new. So I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be happy for you to to touch on that topic. Tell people why uh, why uh, one the essence of starting saving in a, at a very early stage, and uh, two, how can they do it? Wow, that's very profound. And uh, like the example you just cited, like I was telling people, it's 98%, 98% of all NSSF savers lose their money within two years or less of getting it. So that's a huge percentage. So what, what, uh, so basically consistency compounds, consistency compounds. The longer you take to start, the less safe you are when it comes to, um, savings and investments. 
I worked it out that if you were investing and you had a consistent investments of 12% return on investment, you would need 17 years. After 17 years, your money would be making for you as much money as you're being paid at work. If you're consistent. Now, even if you threw in a few inconsistencies here and there, maybe 20 years, okay, 20 years. Now, if you start at 25 right out of uni, that means mm. 45, you're good to go. You, you're right. safe. You can work. Now, if you start at 40, it's much <laughs> harder because at that time, your lifestyle is so yeah. different mm. that to even make that that 12% is so hard. So... Mm. Consistency compounds. So that's how money works. The earlier your money starts working, the more money it will be making years later. Right. If your money starts working late, then you have to be like 120 for it to start to kick in. Now, if you start at this rate, at, at, after 20 years, you'll be your money will be making about the same money that you are being paid at work, all factors remaining constant. If you give it another 20 years, it will be making you a lot more money than what you work for. And that's the whole idea. That's where you should go because people think that when you grow older, mm. okay, we don't think about it. First of all, we never think we'll grow old. Somehow we think you'll always be 25, which doesn't that's true. happen. That's true. <laughs> the, the, other day, the other day I looked at in the mirror and I was, I, I was shocked at who I saw. Ah. So that's a problem because people never think of, seriously, when you're young, you don't think you'll ever grow old. No. It's usually never. when you hit around 40, 45, that's just occurring to you. I think something is changing. Now, by mm. that time, it's too late. It's too late to spring out of the problem. So that's why we keep having these funerals of people two to five years out of work because they haven't prepared for life after. Mm. So, yeah, I just want to put it out there and I support what Hillary is saying. The, the earlier you start, the better it is for you. Thank you, Moses. Let me just add on one, one line before yeah, Robert uh, kicks me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, in my experience, and I've dealt with um, um, many young people, some uh, with small businesses as small as uh, Rodex stands or even hawking, and I find that guys who earn uh, say up to 500, 600,000, manage save something yeah. every month as compared mm. to say people with an office job earning 1.5 yeah. uh, to 2 million shillings. And uh, in my experience, I find that the reason is because uh, the, the people who are earning uh, seemingly uh, a lot of money, the 1.5, 2 million shillings, uh, put a lot of uh, outside expectations on themselves. What am I saying? Yeah. You find someone is earning 1.5, they live in, a, in, in, a, in an apartment or a house of, uh, of 400,000. And when you ask them, but you see, you're spending nearly 40% uh, of your income on, on rent before food and transport and everything else. And the reasons are, oh, um, uh, how will my girlfriend visit me if I have no place? Uh, 
um, I, I can't I can't share a house. Eh? I, I I can't share a house with someone. Eh? And, and I think I've even I've even advised on, on these streets that uh, you know if it if it if it helps you uh, get ahead in life in terms of savings by staying home longer, then stay home longer. Eh? Yeah, well, you see, if, you, if your parents home, if they have allowed you. Eh? So I, I, I think most people, it's that it is the the perceptions that, uh, that they carry around, thinking that people are judging. But if you're worried about your girlfriend living at 25 because you don't have your own space, uh, sooner or later she'll leave you. She'll leave you at 30 because you're still going to be uh, living hand to mouth. <laughs> eh? So you, you're, probably, you're probably better off her leaving you early eh? 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 than leaving you later. Well, where have you guys been, man? <laughs> Hillary, that's so true. Uh, one of the people I was coaching, uh, she had a really good, well-paying job. She was HR manager in her company. And there were these other guys, the blue-collar guys, the guys who push the things around, the guys of the gate, ETC, drivers, ETC. And all those guys had rental houses, rental things, you know, this Mozigo everywhere. Uh, and these other Big shots. They had nothing. All they had were debts, car debt, car loan, what, what, what. So do, do you know what the other guys used to call them? The guys, uh, the blue-collar guys in the company, they used to call no. these other big shots, Bapangisa. Bapangisa Ze. Exactly. Okay. Now, I need to let uh, Otoa uh, come in and ask a couple of questions. Hilary, thank you very much. Otoa, what do you have to say? Wow, thank you. Thank you very much, Moses. Um, <laughs> I can actually see, you know, the great weary attitude coming out, you know. Uh, Robert, uh, forgive come, me for come, putting come in weary. Down, but... Calm down. Okay, calm okay. Down. I'll calm down on that point. But I mean, Moses, <laughs> thank you so much. I mean, uh, this has been really interesting. But, you know, earlier on today, um, when you were tweeting, you were talking about the whole idea of emergency mode. And as we know right now, almost... I mean, I, I deal with so many SMEs on a daily, and many of them are going into what I would consider crisis mode. But yeah. what you also came out with as ideas for dealing with emergency mode were, of course, about behavior change. And behavior change is not an easy thing. So my first yeah. question is, um, how do you deal with that behavior change as a business, as an individual? But most important of all as well, you talked about something that is very key to my heart. I always tweet about OQP only quality people and you talked about flying with egos you know um mm. you know hanging out with egos can you tell me more or tell us more about that wow thanks so much comrade otto now what what that means is, you see the quality of people you keep around yourself will determine the kind of person you become mm. right so if if your company is made, the people around you are people who have no clue about financial uh, intelligence and what to do about how, how to become uh, financially healthy, that's going to happen to you. So that's been my experience that when I get around people who are better than me, you know, for lack of a better word, bigger than me, people who challenge your current pre-notion, pre the things you think, the, there are people who, who they, they will scare you, but you should take the risk and get close to them and, and, and take the brunt of whatever it is until you start to learn from them and, and, and start to get into that, that space of being like them. 
So it eventually wraps off. So that, that's very important. So you should examine your current circle of friends and, and look around and say, who is ahead? Who, who can teach me? Who can hold me accountable? If those people are not there and in your group, you're the, real, you're the big deal, everyone else just, you know, like is in all of you, then you're in, you're in the wrong group. This is what John Maxwell said. Uh, if you are always on top of the class, you're in the wrong class. Now think about it this way. <laughs> Let's say you're in primary three, okay? Mm. You're in primary three, you top the class. Mm. So you're supposed to go to primary four, but you tell the teachers, no, 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 no. I want to stay in P3 so that I am on top of the class. So your friends move to P4, you are in P3, topping the class. They go to P5, mm. your number one, first term, second term, third term. They go to P6, they reach P7. You're still in P3, but for you, what is important to you is topping the class. Now, you're not progressing. All the other people are progressing. You would rather be the 58th in P7 than the first in P3 for five years. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, that, I think that's what uh, so, Toa asked about. So that, that's very important. Who yes. are you hanging around? Uh, yes. Who are you hanging with? That's going to determine the direction you take. Yeah. Right, um, 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 Moses, you just missed out the bit of uh, emergency mode. What would be your yeah, advice to individuals or to businesses, you know, in dealing especially with this very <clears throat> unprecedented crisis? I mean, we're now in the second year of a lockdown. What does it mm. mean for an individual and a business? For the individual, I, I will say four things, okay? One, be, become multi... Uh, I, had, I learned this from uh, Grace Munira of Vine Pharmaceuticals. He said, uh, be an and person. Be the person who at the office, you don't do just one thing. Mm. Okay, Learn the extra bits of skills. Be an and person. Don't say, me, I only sweep the corridor. Then they tell you, can you clean the table? No, 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 no. I only sweep the corridor. That doesn't my job, help my, you. Do, you. do you know what they used to say, Moses? That for me, uh -huh. my job description is this one. Anything ah. outside my job description, I don't want. Now, those are the people who are being fired right now. Be an and person. Know something extra within that business. Be that person who knows how this works, how that works, how that works. Then it becomes very hard for people to get rid of you when they are laying off people. Secondly, become a quicker person. Become a quicker person. I find that in Uganda... Uh, mm. slothfulness seems to be like a national disease. Like everyone mm. is trying to do whatever they are trying to do as slowly as possible without being fired. You know, everything, we walk slowly, drive slowly, type slowly. I don't, I don't know. So in our environment, if you are the person who can move even just a little bit quicker than everyone else, you're already at an advantage. Because People do things slowly. So be that person who anticipates uh, what is needed and, and when you are given an assignment, start turning it in 70% of the time you've been using. Mm. That puts you at an advantage. So move quicker. The third thing is become a leader. Now, what do I mean? Become a leader means that, uh, let's say, Kabishenga uh, is our boss. Okay, he is even on this... Uh, uh, Twitter space, you can throw us out. Hey! 
it is called let's power. Say has, uh, power. Let's yeah. say as a team of of ten, it's ten of us who are directly reporting team. To become a leader means you start anticipating when does Kapshenga need this report from all of us. And so you start working with your colleagues, you know, it's leading across, it's very different kind of leadership where you're not their boss, to, to help Kapshenga get whatever he needs even quicker and start anticipating and asking him, oh, by the way, this other assignment you gave us, I've already talked to my colleagues. I think here is the report. Is there anything else you want us to do? Is there, do you want us to improve it? So that's how you become a leader. You start getting ahead of the game, mobilizing other people on the team to pro- mm-hmm. perform at a higher level. Don't just sit down and say the boss will, is the leader. No, leadership is not about position. Leadership is about responsibility. When you become the person who's taking responsibility on the team and being responsible for the team's high performance, even if you're just colleagues, you've become mm-hmm. a leader, you, it's not easy to, to, let, to let go of you. Yeah. So, Moses, I, I yes. want to send you with a message. Mm. I want to send you to that man of vine. What did you say his name is again? Grace Minira. Yes, I, I have heard that he is also very resourceful and can help us on this mentoring. You, you Can you talk to him for us to see if he can allow to do something like this? I am going to talk to him for us. Now, you see, yes. I'm, now also, I'm also one of us. But it is our responsibility, <laughs> all of us together. Now, where are you? <laughs> I'm so going to talk to the, Grace. Please do. And, you know, yeah. we will we'll be very happy to... There are still many days until 30th of July. We need as many great minds to help our our people come out as possible. I, I yeah. now want to, to allow the public to speak and people have their questions. I'll start with Nerima. Nerima, can you tell us what you want to ask Mukisa? Nerima, are you there? Check your mic. By the way, guys, if you're asking to speak, please check your... Oh, I think we may have lost her. Uh, let me see if I can get... Uh, uh, let's see who I can get now. Because uh, all of you have asked to speak. Uh, and then you keep going off, guys. So for you to speak, please check your microphone to see that your microphone is on, and then you can speak. Ninsima. Nisima, do you have anything you want to ask uh, Moses, Mukisa? Nisima Agatha. Check your mic and let's hear you speak. Okay, guys, also you want to check your, uh, I learned a new word today, your data. data. Can you check that you have enough data to actually uh, engage? Uh, let, 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 let me try and see if uh, Florence Mutiaba, Florence Mutiaba, can we hear you? Otoa, is my mic still on or is it? Your, Your mic, mic is, is on. on. We, can, we can hear you. Yeah. Okay. If you guys you. can hear me, Florence, can you check that your mic is on? Check in your bottom left-hand corner and click on your mic. Just make sure it is open and so we can hear what you're saying. Florence, so all of you, I am going to be picking one by one. So I had given 
first priority to the ladies. I don't seem to be successful. Let me try Hassan Chibidango. Can you check your mics, guys? Hassan, can you try talking? Yes, can you hear me? Very loud. Profoundly grateful to be on this call. Thank you so much, Robert, for starting this great initiative. Calling in from Kigali, Rwanda. Delighted hey. for today's guest. Yeah, there's a couple of us, actually. <laughs> We're down here. We are really, really, really edified um, by tonight's conversation. My question is around uh, investment groups. Mm. I've been mobilizing a few friends for a few years here in Kigali around investment groups. And uh, most of them work rudimentarily. We don't have structures. And uh, the, the, the runway usually is about three years, the lifespan of investment clubs. People get fatigued. How can uh, Mr. Mukisa help us in, in, in advising around structuring, legalizing these investment clubs so that they can be a longer term uh, dividend? Thank you. Okay, great. Um, Moses, do you want to take that on? Oh, I, I can. Uh, I hope I'm on. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you very loud. So investment clubs, uh, The I've been learning quite a bit about investment clubs. Uh, one, it helps, especially if you are not a, a huge circle. If you're just an investment club of friends, it helps to focus on a specific investment mm -hmm. or for a specific time. Right. So you say we are going to build an apartment complex in Chira in four years. Right. Okay. And then you work backwards and say, so how much money do we need to do that? Mm. And then you work out how much do we need to put together per month? And mm. so when you look at yourself and say, do we have that money or do we bring, need to bring in more people? And then mm. you work towards that target within mm. the time. You finish the apartment. By the time you're done, everyone knows what percentage of that apartment block they own. Mm. And then you can either use the same club to go on to another project or mm. close it and even start another. Because people, many people don't have long-term discipline. Some people can be disciplined for only seven months. Afterwards, they stop putting in their money. It is, so you don't want to be stuck with them. You don't want to sign papers that say, until death has to part. That's only marriage. So mm. make sure you have a specific investment for a specific time, which mm. shouldn't be more than five years for an investment club. Beyond that, you're looking at a much com more complex um, sort of organization that doesn't work mm. like an investment club. Right. Esther L. Esther L. Uh, what do you have to say, Esther? Um, Esther? My, my question is... Yeah. Uh, I really want to set set up something during this COVID period, uh, mm. but I'm a bit scared. Is it possible for someone to set up a business during this pandemic and still become successful? Esther, let me ask you a question. Yes. Esther, what are you scared about? What is your fear? What's your real fear? I'm yes, I'm hearing you. I'm saying, what is the fear you have about starting the business? What's the nature of the fear? Uh, my nature of fear is, will the business work out? Will I under profit? Will I get customers? Because 
people are not really earning as much as they used to before the pandemic started. So uh, my worry is, will I get the, the customers? That's my main worry because the business succeeds because of the customers you have. Mm. Okay, Moses. Yeah. It, it depends on the kind of business. COVID or no COVID, you shouldn't try, you shouldn't try to sell sand to Arabs or ice to Eskimos. So what the, what <laughs> what are you trading in? What is the mm. business about? Because in COVID, people are still eating. Where are they getting food from? Uh, from Rujeyo. Rujeyo. Uh, people need medicine. So there are things that people can't suspend just because there is COVID. If you're in transport mm. business, maybe things have changed a bit. You need a pickup, not a kamunye. So mm. it's just think. Always think the possibilities. Just think. Yes. There are people who are making a lot of money right now. So mm. don't think the, the 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 obstacle. Think the possibility, mm. and and right. Get some counsel from other people who are doing other things, and then go ahead with it. Great, Fiona Sozi. Fiona Sozi. Hi, thank you, uh, Moses. Yes. Nice hearing from you. Um, I hope I'm loud and clear. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Moses, you mentioned something about percentages. And it reminded me of the five just principle. And, um, you know, we are, we are in unprecedented times. And there are times when a particular drug, say the emergency fund runs out. You have people dying all over the place and there are people you're supporting. So which of those things is like a non-negotiable? You know, type is one of those. But which of those other percentages or other drugs um, should you not touch or move things around, um, you know? Yeah, please advise. Don't touch okay. your investment money. Yeah, don't touch your investment money because one time the lockdown will be over, the pandemic will be gone. So don't touch your investment money. Just reduce your expenses. That's one of the things that, by the way, is easier to do in this time. It's very easy to reduce expenses because you're not yeah, because fueling, you're not what? Just change priorities, make sure you don't touch your investment money. That's the, what, the other jar that's an unnegotiable for me. Ingavire, Sebastian. Ingavire, Sebastian. What do you have to say? Sebastian Ingavire, can you tell us? But I can't hear. For us, we can hear you. Very loud. Continue to speak mm. uh moses thank you. so um i want to know how oh i think his internet is probably bad uh yeah a cuckoo a cuckoo i think that's the if i'm getting your name can you speak Okay, I think Ekuku isn't able. Yvette KM. Yvette KM. Do you have a question for Moses? Yvette, please speak. Okay, let me try other people since um, Julius Adupu. Julius. 
Okay. Uh, Yvette, are you able to speak now? How about Geoff Opio? Yes, uh, thank you so much, Robert. Um, thank you so much, Moses. Is this Geoff? Uh, yeah, it's Geoff speaking. Yeah, I'm quite right, fast. I just take the opportunity immediately. Now, hey, two things. <laughs> yeah, you huh? just see it. Two things yes. here. Mm. One thing I need to really understand is whether we look at personal finance and all these issues from the perspective of as it as a science or an art. Because when many times when you're looking at it, there are certain things where certain guys will give you formulas and all that, and I believe it's more of an, an art than a science. The other thing mm. that I wanted to bring up was uh, when we're talking about these things of how to build investments and all that, quite a number of young people actually looking at the investments and the how quite a number of the elderly, like the guys in the 50s, 60s, have actually invested, invested and made some money. But most of the time, this money is made out of things which I would say deals in quotations. You know what I mean by saying deals in quotations. So they are sort of like, uh, they are sort of like, uh, many get inspired, many of the young people get inspired and look at these guys as this is this is the best way and the quickest way to make money by going through all those deals and shady things to be able to make money because that's how it looks like that's how the system looks like here in Uganda. We've had cases where uh, where I will not mention them where guys guys come out of uh, out of are released out of jail for corruption related issues and guys are saying that guy is smart. Why should we call a corrupt and a person who has come through, got made money through deals, a smart guy? And that's where the biggest challenge is. How do we, how do you respond to such issues? Okay, Moses. <laughs> the man is bringing very tough things into this conversation. But you, but you are the spiritual leader, so you. you... <laughs> so. Is investment a science or art? It can be both. It depends. I think that mm. you need both scientific and artistic approaches. One, yeah. it is a science in that it is numbers. You can't just go with, I think, I feel. No, it is numbers. Yes. It yes. is also an art because it involves people. Relationships, yeah. one of the greatest treasures anyone can have in life is good relationships with people. Even if you are buying a piece of land, you need a good relationship with a seller. You need a good relationship with a lawyer who is helping you do the thing. You may need to have a good relationship with the bank in case you need to top up whatever it is you're using to buy. So it's both. It is both. About uh, deals, people, what? One, I, I say you don't know. Oh, whether it's true or not, you actually can't prove it. Okay. Yeah. What I know is that we don't have any long-term wealth evidence, like wealth that has been that has crossed generations, which mm. was got like that. Because mm. if I get wealth like that, it mm. means I can't train my children how to be diligent with finances. So as soon as I'm dead, they are going to sell it to survive because they were not trained on how to make the money. On so, how to do the deals. Oh, yeah, you, you, no one takes their child on a bank robbery errand. 
So, uh, <laughs> so for purposes of long-term vision, let's mm. make money the right way and only stick to the right methods. That's what I would okay. say. David Giani. David, what do you want to say? David? Okay, we can't see here from David. Kamikaze. Oh. Kamikaze, Yunu, what do you have to say? Um, hi, I hope everyone can hear me. Yes, we do. Okay, um, Moses, thank you very much for being a part of uh, today's conversation. It's very enlightening and it's also very enlightening to have someone who's a JMT -er. so it's so nice to hear from the other side or have someone on the same side as you anyway so in terms of uh personal finance um as john maxwell said a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went now, uh, normally people have uh, this thing of have a budget, you know, know where your money is going, you know, um, you know, your expenditure, your savings, your. So my question is that discipline of having a budget, January, February, March, it's quite difficult, you know, you find yourself around May, you've gone off track, then you come back again. Uh, so, you know, what's what's the best way forward in terms of managing your budget in terms of personal finance and, you know, keeping that consistency? Thank you, Moses. Thanks so much, Kamikaze. Uh, oh, what I would say is most people struggle with a detailed budget because it's hard to carry it on for a long time. So they don't succeed. What I would advise you to do is use a simple money management system. So like when I, when I learned all this information, what I started doing, my wife and I would come up with a simple money management system where we would give 10% of our income to the church, we would save 20% to invest, we would give 10% to other causes, and would spend 60%. So we knew that regardless of what's going on, the only money we had to spend was that 60%. And once you've created those boundaries, then you know, then you start negotiating within the 60% when you have already taken off all the other money. So that's so much easier than, uh, you know, onions this much, tomato this much. Also, after some time, you, you realize that some expenses, you can predict them. Like, you, you know weekly how much you spend on groceries at your home. You know how much your power bill is a month, the range, or water bill. So those are easier to deal with. So you just need to have a framework as opposed to having very close-knit detail. Well, if you are an accountant or you are given to that kind of detail, that can help you, but I haven't found it helpful. So I find that using a simple money management system is much more helpful than trying to do a budget, and then you don't, you end up not sticking with it. Okay, there is someone I want to give the last question, and if she is who I think she is, then I must allow her. Otherwise, there will be no life after death for me. Agnes hey. Lamialo. Hey. Yes, thank you so much. Can everyone hear me? 
Yes. Yes. My question is about saving. Uh, I've had scenarios whereby someone is like, don't save money to a bank whereby you don't get maybe some benefits or profits. It's like you're wasting time. Maybe you should save through an organization or a company shares so that you can benefit somehow. So how 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 would that how can someone go about that? Because uh, someone discourages just saving, putting money in the bank, and it is just sitting there. So how can someone go about that? Thank you. Moses, now you answer. What I would say is always think both. Always think mm -hmm. both. If you just put the money in the bank and you accumulate it there, it will lose value. Yeah. But for you to take to take advantage of investment opportunities when they come, you need to have savings. Okay? So my friends and I, we hold each other accountable because we save weekly. So you're saving some money weekly in the bank, and then an opportunity to buy a piece of land which will gain value comes. You have some money to start with. Or you want to put some money in uh, unit trust funds. You have some money to put or you need to transfer some money to an investment club, you have some money. So you should always have both. Your savings account, your savings account in the bank should be like your collection place for the money you're going to invest. It should just be going through there. Don't just keep it there for long. Moses, someone has told me that they want you to say something very quickly about Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> you see, now you are you are trying to get me to swim in the in the in 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 the rapid moving water. <laughs> That's how I would describe Bitcoin: trying to swim around the Jagali Falls. Yes, yeah. Those who know what they are doing, because we they used can to watch those guys on jerrycans, you know, Jerrican, going down yes. the Jagali Falls. So if you yes. also get excited and your right mm. leg is shaking and you're like I, I think i can do it and then you say give me a jerry can i don't know what the <laughs> outcome might be that's, that's all why, i would say on that topic <laughs> that's why i have never gone for for white water rafting look <laughs> yes let me let me say a few things one is i've gotten a lot of requests from people who want me to bring someone to talk about a career in entertainment, music, and film, and that world, and how you deal with that with your family, how you persuade them, and so on. So I want to say that I think I have found the right person who can talk, who will be mentoring us tomorrow. And she's my kid sister, uh, so it was easy for me to get her. Somebody called Solome Vasuta. So I'll have Solome tomorrow. I just wanted all awesome. our listeners to know. So. So, so if people awesome. want, yeah, I mean, if people want to understand or if your kids are thinking of becoming musicians or you want to become this, you want to become that, I think Solomon will have a powerful story to tell us. Moses. Yes, sir. The only thing I can say to you today is I am completely and utterly grateful for you making the time to stay with us because we normally uh, end this roundabout now, which is 8.30, to let people reflect on what we've shared and uh, to look at themselves uh, or they look at each other's partners and say, what have we learned? So Moses, I, 
under normal circumstances, I would have given you a cow, but I think that would be too low. The only thing I can say to you is thank you, thank you, thank you for giving our people something to think about, something to reflect on, something that will help them to grow. Do you want to give them a final message? Thank you so much, Robert. And, and thank you so much for having me on, on this uh, Forte de Mentorship uh, program. I hope this now uh, gives me access to a visit to Rugeo Farm uh, after the lockdown. I'll, I'll scrub up to make sure I don't bring any sicknesses to the farm. I'll wait for you at the trading center in Namayumba with traditional dancers. Don't worry. You'll be both What can I say to our guests tonight? Uh, just to say... Uh, there is a verse in the Bible that says that a live dog is better than a dead lion. So keep hope alive. Whatever happens, just know that for a person with vision, tomorrow is always better than yesterday. So just don't give up. Yeah, sometimes life is going to throw at you lemons. Make lemonade. Uh, get in touch with people. Don't isolate. The isolation is for physical isolation. Don't have emotional and virtual isolation. It's not good for your soul. So be in touch with people, remain in community, virtual community, and, you know, let's wait, wait this thing out and, 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 and keep thriving. That's what I can say. Moses, thank you very much. Tony Otoa. My side I must. I'm, 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 I must say, Robert, before you go and before Moses goes, our Busoga College Mwiri Fund is still needed. That's no, all. that one. You will Thank pay. you. <laughs> I will pay, sir. Have a good night. Okay. Good, good night, night, everyone, and uh, let's meet tomorrow morning. See you. Goodbye. Goodbye.